The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Missing Link podcast. I did not know what to talk about today. So in order to come up with a theme for today's podcast, I decided to ask my Missing Link members. So I typed last night in our Missing Link accountability group the question of, hey, guys, I'm coming to record a podcast tomorrow. It's just me. I'm not going to have a guest on. What do you guys want to know? What do you want to learn about? And I actually got a lot of feedback and a lot of people were asking about spasticity. The questions were really great. They varied from what is spasticity? Does heat and humidity make spasticity worse? What does spasticity feel like? What foods can reduce spasticity? So I decided I'm going to talk about spasticity today. I'm going to answer all of those questions that I just mentioned. But I'm also going to go into how you can manage it, the things that you can do on your own versus the things that you would need a doctor for. We're going to talk about all of the different types of medications and or stretching. So I hope that you leave this podcast today feeling motivated and inspired and like you have a plan of attack against your spasticity. First and foremost, spasticity is different than muscle spasms, muscle cramping and even just general muscle tightness that anyone would feel. So let's review a few definitions here. A muscle spasm is when a muscle involuntarily contracts, but it then relaxes. So that's where you might feel a little bit of pulsing, like it tightens and relax, tighten and relax. That's more of a muscle spasm. Muscle cramping is the same as a spasm, but the contraction lasts longer. So you might feel that contracting or that tightening and it holds, 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 it's staying there, and then it relaxes. That's more of a cramp. And muscle cramps can last any length of time. Sometimes it might be as quick as 30 seconds. Other times it might be five minutes or something a lot longer. And spasticity is when your muscles will tighten or stiffen, so much so that it can prevent normal fluid movement. And that is one of the defining characteristics of spasticity. Therefore, spasticity, of course, we know this, it can affect our walking, but it also can affect other movements, transferring, moving around in your chair, and it also can affect your speech and swallowing. Spasticity occurs due to an imbalance of electrical signals from the brain and the spinal cord, whereas muscle spasms and muscle cramping is originated from the muscle itself. It doesn't have anything to do with the spinal cord or the brain. It's just that muscle is tightening and then it relaxes. Whereas spasticity, the issue stems from the brain and the spinal cord. There actually is a way to test if you have spasticity. 
this isn't just a subjective symptom where if you feel tight, then it's known that you have spasticity. So the way that you test this is you will go into your neurologist's office or maybe your physical therapist's office. And whichever body part they are assuming you might have spasticity in or you're feeling muscle tightness in, they will test by quickly moving it and noticing the reaction. For example, let's say you feel like you might have spasticity in your legs or you just have a lot of muscle tightness in your legs. Then your doctor, again, it might be a neurologist or a physical therapist, they will grab your ankle and they'll also place their other hand on your knee just to stabilize it. Then they're going to straighten your knee quickly. And if they notice resistance, that might indicate spasticity. But if there's no resistance and they pull it quickly to straighten it and it feels fine, it feels fluid, nothing is resisting that movement, then that likely does not indicate spasticity. Essentially, you can do this test for any muscle group, whether it's straightening the knee or bending the knee, straightening or bending the hip, straightening or bending your biceps and your elbow. So there's lots of different muscle groups that you can do this test for. And then once this test is done, you are given a grade. And this grade is called the Modified Ashworth Scale. The Modified Ashworth Scale ranges from zero to four. So I'm going to explain to you exactly what each grade means. And you may or may not know what your grade is. This might be something that your neurologist or physical therapist just writes down in their notes, but they don't share with you. But if they do share that number with you, then hopefully my description right now will help you understand what it actually means. If you score a grade zero, this means that you have no increase in tone. So I quickly tried to move your muscle and there was no tone, there was no tightness, nothing resisted me. If you score a grade one, that means that there is a slight increase in muscle tone and it's manifested by a catch and release or minimal resistance at the end of the range of motion. So what I mean by this, the catch and release is simply when I pulled quickly and there was a little bit of a catch, like a little bit of resistance, but then it released and I was able to move the rest of the way. Or a grade one can present as minimal resistance at the end of the range of motion, meaning I quickly straighten your knee and it's fine. It feels nice and fluid until the very end. There's a little bit of resistance as I try to fully straighten it. And again, just remember, straightening of the knee is just the example that we're using for this time. But this same goes for bending your knee. If I'm trying to bend your knee and you're scoring a grade one, that might mean that when I bend your knee, there's that minimal resistance or that catch and release. If you score a grade of a one plus, this means again, that there is a slight increase in muscle tone. There is still a catch, but it's followed by minimal resistance throughout the remainder of the range of motion. So the big difference between a grade one and a one plus is how the movement feels after that initial catch or that initial resistance. So in a grade one, as we just reviewed, you would feel that catch, but then it releases and it's nice and fluid throughout the remainder of the straightening. But with a grade one plus, there's more resistance. So you go to extend the leg and you feel that catch and you are able to then straighten the leg, but there's resistance throughout the remainder of the movement. So it just feels tighter overall.
Another thing about a grade one plus is that usually that resistance is only for about half of the range of motion. So within the first half of me straightening your knee is when we'll feel the catch. And then the second half might have that additional resistance. With the grade two, there is more marked increase in muscle tone throughout most of the range of motion, more than half. And affected parts are still easily able to move. So with this one, there's a lot of resistance throughout most of the range of motion. There's no catch and release. It's just tight the whole time, but you can still move. I can still fully bend the knee or straighten the knee. With a grade three, there's considerable increase in muscle tone. It's so much so that this makes passive movement difficult. What that means is that I would not be able to fully straighten your knee or fully bend your knee, at least not easily. It's going to be difficult to perform the full range of motion due to the muscle tightness and resistance. And finally, a grade four on the modified Ashworth scale is when your body part, in this example, we're talking about your knee. So it's when your knee is rigid in flexion or extension, meaning it's essentially stuck there. It's, it is just stuck in a straight position or it's stuck in a bent position. The way that I was taught about grade four spasticity was that the Hulk could come in the room and try to move your leg and even the Hulk would not be able to move it. The strongest person in the entire world would not be able to move your leg or your arm out of the position that it's tight in. As you might guess, the lower levels of spasticity, such as grade zero, one, one plus, and two, are a little bit easier to manage, whereas grade three and four often require some sort of medication. Now, when it comes to what does spasticity feel like, this is going to be different for everyone. Most of the time, when I am talking to my clients that have spasticity, they will use words such as, it feels stiff. It feels like I can't move the way that I want to move. It feels heavy. It feels tight. Generally speaking, spasticity feels different than general muscle tightness. And there are things that can make spasticity worse. It is possible for you sometimes to not notice your spasticity at all. And other times you do notice it. Heat and humidity are absolutely two of the things that can make spasticity worse. Additionally, stress can make spasticity worse. If you are fatigued, that can make spasticity worse. There's lots of different things that can make any symptom worse, and spasticity is no different. When spasticity affects your walking, most often it will result in walking stiff-legged, like you cannot bend your knee, and therefore your leg stays straight the whole time as you're walking. Maybe you have hip circumduction, meaning you swing your leg around because you just can't clear the floor if you try to bring it through regularly. Or another type of spasticity in the knee is when you walk with your knees bent. And so you're kind of in this crouched position as you're walking. And this is not the same as when your legs feel wobbly. When your legs feel wobbly, that's typically more of an issue of weakness or proprioception, but not necessarily spasticity. With spasticity, the legs will feel tight and secure, but they are resisting a specific type of movement. So again, when you're walking, normally that looks and feels like your legs are locked straight. You can't bend them or they're stuck in a bent position. 
This might be one leg or both of your legs. So let's now talk about the ways that you can manage or treat spasticity. There are a lot of things that you can do on your own, and there's also things that your doctor or your neurologist can help you with. So we're gonna review a bunch of those now. However, there's a lot of ways to manage spasticity. So this is just a list, but it is not all inclusive. There are other things that you can do or try to help manage your spasticity. And the best thing that you can do first and foremost is talk to your physical therapist and your neurologist to figure out which ones might be the best for you to try first. Because by no means should you try all of these things all at once, it would just be too much for you. So definitely talk to your doctors to see what might be the best fit for you. The first thing that you can do on your own to help manage spasticity is something that you might guess, stretching. But what's really important to understand about stretching is that there's many different types of stretching. The stretching that has been shown in research to help the most with spasticity is prolonged stretching. So what this means is getting into a position that stretches the appropriate muscle group. For example, if your quads or the top of your thigh are the parts that have spasticity, you'd want to do a quad stretch. Or if your hamstrings are the ones that have spasticity, then you would do a hamstring stretch. So it's not just general stretching. You'd have to stretch the specific muscle group that has spasticity, and you're going to hold that for a prolonged period of time, meaning maybe that's two minutes or three minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes. Try a bunch of different lengths and you will get to know what feels best for you. Static prolonged stretching has been shown to be the most effective for research. And as you might guess, this is different from regular static stretching. That's where you would mainly hold the stretch for 20 to 30 seconds, not anywhere close to 10 minutes. Or there's dynamic stretching, where you only hold the stretch about two to three seconds and do lots of repetitions. So there's lots of different types of stretching. And just as an FYI, if you are a member of The Missing Link, we have an entire video explaining in depth the different types of stretching and when to do which. So definitely check that out. But for now, I just wanted to point out that prolonged static is the best type of stretching for spasticity. Another thing you can do, and this works really well if you have upper body spasticity, for example, in your shoulder, your elbow, or your wrist or hand, you can get a splint or a cast that can help keep the body part in a more ideal position. This is often something that an occupational therapist can help you do. So if you're not seeing an occupational therapist, definitely see if that's someone that you can see within the next month or so. Next is massage. And there are so many types of massages that you can do to release spasticity as well as muscle tightness. One is called a trigger point massage. Another is just general massage. This works really well if you are having spasticity on your quad muscles. Again, those muscles are the muscles on the front or the top of your thigh. The reason this is a great place to massage is because it's easily accessible from a seated position. If you're sitting down right now while you're listening to this episode and you're feeling some tightness or spasticity on the top of your thigh, go ahead and grab one or both of your hands. I personally like to use the, the heel of my hand or my thumbs and start at the top of your thigh and just push away and keep rubbing around with whatever amount of pressure feels best to you. 
This form of massage has been found to reduce spasticity and muscle tightness. Another thing you can do is muscle rolling. And there's two main forms of muscle rolling. One is using a device called the stick or the one that I like to use, I purchased on Amazon. It's literally called muscle roller stick. <laughs> so you can't really go wrong. It essentially looks like a rolling pin. If you're someone who likes to bake, you might have a rolling pin in your house. You could even use that. It looks very similar. And the idea is you hold on to the edges and then you put it on the body part that is tight or spastic and you just simply roll it out. Similar to massage, this muscle rolling strategy, it works really great on the quad muscles. Again, because your quads are just so easily accessible from a seated position, but you can also do this on your hamstrings, your calf muscles, almost anywhere that you have spasticity. Another form of muscle rolling is using a foam roller. This is something that you can purchase on Amazon or even at Walmart or a Dick's Sporting Goods. A foam roller is made out of foam and they actually have several different colors that represent different densities. For example, black is the most dense and therefore that might hurt a little bit more because when you roll your muscles out on the foam roller, it's not going to have much give. Whereas white is the least dense. So that is usually where I suggest starting. And it's a little hard to describe foam rolling via a podcast. I do have some videos in the missing link on foam rolling. And I also have one video on my YouTube page for foam rolling. If you go to my YouTube page, the handle is Dr. Gretchen Holly. Search my page for foam rolling and it will pop right up. Other things that have been found in research to help with spasticity are managing what you're putting into your body. Staying hydrated, drinking enough water throughout the day can benefit yourself with spasticity greatly. If you are dehydrated, your muscles are way more likely to get spastic and stay spastic. So make sure you're staying hydrated. And there actually are some things that you can do with your nutrition. The more protein you eat, the less likely your muscles will become as spastic. Similarly, magnesium is really important to get into your body because this can help reduce spasticity. Now, when it comes to magnesium, there's lots of different types of magnesiums, different forms. There's powders, there's gummies, there's so many different things. And you can get magnesium just from general food as well. But it's really important that you talk to your doctor about which type of magnesium you should take or eat or drink in order to best manage your spasticity. Some research has also indicated that having CBD is another way to manage spasticity. This is a little tricky too, because CBD can come in many different forms. And I personally have some clients that have CBD in the form of a tincture that they will drop under their tongue. And that will really help manage their spasticity. But I have other clients where they tried that and it didn't work at all. However, if they have CBD in the form of a gummy, that does help them. And then I have other clients where CBD doesn't help at all. So it's one of those things where it's a trial and error, see if it helps. And if it doesn't, don't bother. A really important thing I want to make note of regarding CBD is that this is ideally pure CBD, not combined with THC. You can find tinctures and gummies and all the different forms of CBD with THC. 
However, when we're doing this to manage spasticity, we don't want any THC. Sometimes it can be hard to find pure CBD, and you might see words like having trace amounts of THC. That's okay, but you really want to make sure it's mostly CBD. I say this because I had a client once who went to a dispensary to get CBD, and she didn't realize this, but what she was given was a one-to-one ratio of CBD and THC. She was using the tinctures under her tongue, and she essentially was getting high off of these tinctures without even realizing it because she was given the wrong thing. We don't want to get you high. It's purely just the CBD, and that will not have the THC effects. Lastly, another thing that can help with reducing spasticity is moving regularly and exercising regularly. When you are spastic, it might feel impossible to move or at least really hard. And therefore, it's going to be more fatiguing and you're not going to like it. It's going to be uncomfortable. But I firmly believe there's almost always a form of movement that you can do well. And even if you have spasticity in your legs, maybe you just first get in the habit of moving your upper body. Maybe do some forward punches, some upper body jumping jacks. Just get your upper body moving and then see what's possible for your legs. Maybe it's simply standing or just taking five steps with a mobility aid or doing seated exercises or exercises in your bed. Again, there's tons of all of these things in the missing link. And there's a sprinkling of them on my YouTube page. So if you're not a member, you can look to see what you'll find there. But if you are a member of The Missing Link, videos I would suggest watching are ones called Exercises to Do in Bed, the entire collection of our strengthening exercises, as well as walking exercises. And check out the index. In the index, there's a specific category for each individual symptom or goal that you're working towards. And it tells you which exercises to do to improve that symptom or work towards that goal. So definitely check out those areas. Hopefully that long list makes you feel encouraged of some things that you can try. But let's move on to the type of spasticity management that you might receive from your neurologist. There's two different categories, medications and surgeries. So surgery, of course, is usually not talked about unless you've tried everything else and it wasn't helping. And medication is generally where you start. So for medication, the most common ones, again, there are others out there, but the most common is baclofen or tizanidine or diazepam. If those don't work, then your neurologist may suggest that you try Botox or botulinum toxin. This is different than medication because with medication, usually it's taken orally and it just goes throughout your entire body. Whereas with Botox, you get an injection in the specific area that you have spasticity. One thing to know about medications, whether it's oral medication or the Botox, is that it often works well in relaxing your muscles. However, when your muscles relax, you will get to know what your true strength is like. And sometimes what happens is you actually don't have much strength at all. Your legs are very weak. And what's holding you up, what's allowing you to stay stable and move around is the muscle tightness. So when you take a medication to reduce the muscle tightness, your legs might feel really wobbly and flimsy, almost like jelly legs, because you don't have that tightness supporting you. 
So if that happens, it's extra important that while you are feeling looser, you heavily focus on your strengthening and balance exercises. Also, if it's to the extreme where you are falling because your legs are not holding your body weight up, you definitely want to talk to your neurologist about lessening the dose. If oral medications or Botox don't work and your spasticity is still affecting you, surgery is often the next option. And there's a few different types of surgery. Option one is the intrathecal baclofen pump. This is a pump that they will put into your abdomen, usually over to the right side, and this will distribute the baclofen on a timed schedule. Another surgery option is called a rhizotomy. This is when a surgeon will cut away a part of the spinal nerve that is causing the spasticity. And finally, the last type of surgery that is often done is called a tenotomy. And this is when a surgeon will release the tendon. So if you have spasticity, that can cause your tendons to become really, really, really tight. And if your tendons don't release, there is no way that you are going to release that spasticity. So a tenotomy is a way to release part of that tendon. I know this was a lot of information. I hope that you were able to take some notes and that you feel motivated and excited that there's actually some things that you can do to help reduce spasticity. I will say, personally speaking, spasticity is one of the most challenging symptoms because it really limits your mobility. Weakness is annoying, fatigue is annoying, lots of other symptoms can be annoying, but spasticity often is the one that limits you the most. So hopefully you feel like you have some tools in your tool chest to help you manage it. If you're not a member of The Missing Link, then check the show notes. I will put a link where you can learn more about it and even a link where you can sign up for a Zoom call with me And we can review the program, review your goals, and help you see if you would be a good fit. And I also mentioned a few times on checking out my YouTube channel. Check out the show notes, and I'll put a link to my YouTube page. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you love this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.